I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life Unedited Working Women. And my special guest today is Kanita Bullock. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm Alisa McCabe. I'm the owner at First Steps Financial. And each week we meet a new boss woman and we gain perspectives and stories and inspiration from them. And if you haven't joined us before, welcome. And thank you everyone for joining. We're very excited. If you're here live, please know that you can put questions in the chat and we will answer them as we go along. And I have to tell you a little bit about Kanita and I hope everybody's eyes don't glaze over while I talk to her because (laughs) she is so kick-ass. So first of all, she started her company, Master Plan Investment Group in 2019 with the mission to serve clients by helping them clarify their financial goals chart a course for success, and live a fulfilled life, which, amen, I cannot. Very important. (laughs) If you're running a business and you're not achieving Mm -hmm. those things, you shouldn't be doing it. And if you're not living your life Mm -hmm. that way, you're doing something wrong. Right. There's Um, some adjustments needed. She became a certified financial planner in 2020. And I thought this was fascinating. Currently, only 3.7% of certified financial planners are Black or Latino women. And only 23% are women at all. So it's such a small percentage. And so, and Kanita is committed to improving these statistics. So she (laughs) is probably a mentor in her community Mm -hmm. to really talk to more people about how, why this is so exciting and why it's essential to have these these skills and to really be thinking about these things. So welcome, Kanita. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. As I mentioned, it's a this is a great opportunity. It's a one that these conversations they are missing in the space of the workplace and, and around women and men. So I'm really thankful to be here and I'm glad that you're committed to continuing them. We just talked about like how these conversations are missing. And also that there's only 23% of women become financial planners. And so something to think about. So, but you're a financial planner and even more so as a woman of color, it's like, you're even a smaller percentage. So (laughs) how did you get there? You certainly didn't graduate from Smith college and go, you know, I think I'm going to be a financial planner and I'm going to start it right before a pandemic too. (laughs) Absolutely. And succeed through the pandemic. (laughs) Resilience. Yeah, right. Exactly. Resilience. Where did you start? So you went on, you actually got your master's too. Mm -hmm. I do. So like, what was your first job after that? What did you do and, and how did you get here? Sure. So actually my, while at Smith, my sophomore year, I was involved in student government and uniquely enough, I wasn't involved in high school in student government, but I saw at Smith, that they were able to make a change. They had a voice and they were intentional. They were diligent. So I joined student government my sophomore year and I met a board of trustee member Mm -hmm. that year. And she said, is anyone interested in an internship? And it was paid. And I knew I had to raise my hand because (laughs) I had an internship, (laughs) right? I I had to help my parents pay for college. So that was my commitment in the summer role that I had. So I actually, she was based in California, but she had a colleague in in New York. So that summer was the first summer that I had a financial internship. And Smith College is a liberal arts school. So there wasn't a business discipline. 
So that first internship taught me so much about finance and just how large, you know, the impact could be if someone knew this information at an early age. So I worked with a great, great guy, um, Stephen Bepler. He's um, no longer um, with us, but he was an amazing money manager. And after that year, I did the project, but I knew I wanted to learn more. So I said, Steve, can I come back next year? (laughs) He said, sure. Keep in touch and let me know. So just being able to say, number one, recognize this is a great environment. Number two, be willing to ask for what you want. And if the answer would have been no, I would have said, well, I'll keep in touch anyway. But the idea was those two summers really gave me more insight into a world that I had not been exposed to before. Mm -hmm. And from that summer, I applied to be a a participant in a global rotational program. So traveling around the world, living in Switzerland, all of those experiences, you know, I hadn't planned, you know, for myself at that age, but after graduating, worked for them for a few years in California and really learned a lot more about the diversity in finance. And it was so much more than I had been exposed to in the past. Well, and I think, and I think that's the problem. I think there's so many women that don't realize that finance doesn't have to be boring and that it doesn't have to be this tedious task that it's funny because even my OBGYN, I, I can remember her, like, she's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I, I track people's finances, you know, small businesses. She's like, oh, she goes, could you reconcile my bank account? <laughs> like, yes. Here's a doctor, right? brilliant woman. Right. She absolutely did everything to avoid anything associated with financial information. I wonder if bringing it to women, you know, at a younger age, maybe. Mm-hmm and allowing and making it not so scary. Because like you said, there's so many different areas that we can get involved in. So you and I are both passionate about finance. We love this subject and you are on the side where you help people understand how to invest their money, where to invest it, insurance, how to help them with that. And I'm on the side of let's organize it. Mm -hmm. Let's get it in the way that you can understand it and pull information to see how you're doing. So again, there's so many different ways to do this. Who or what shaped your thoughts about women in the workplace? So you worked at these incredible places. Was, you know, was it that board member? Was it? Well, interesting enough, early on, I think we all have, we are pulling this information. We're always collecting information, right? We see our sisters, our aunts, our mothers working, balancing the home or whatever else they're managing. And we're just collecting information, whether we recognize it or not. And as a young child, I saw my mother working and I always recalled her mentioning the flexibility to get us from school if we were sick or Mm. to take us to this activity. And I saw that she was, you know, grateful to have a manager or director that allowed that flexibility. Mm. And I wanted to be the person that decided that flexibility as opposed to having someone say, yes, you can, you can do that. I'll allow you to do that. So I, I feel that there were definitely seeds planted. Number one, as a mother, I'll need flexibility. Right. Number two, do I want to be long term in the position where someone else dictates that or would I be able to provide that flexibility to others being a business owner? So I I feel that definitely as a young person, I experienced that I needed to get from one place to the next. And she was able to do that with 
the village of aunts and, and friends as well. But I think as I became, as I worked in the professional space, I was in corporate. I don't know if mo- most people recognize that. I was in a corporate setting for about, you know, seven or so years. And it's a very different structure mm-hmm. than, than small business and dependent um, advising. So I saw that there was very strict rules. And as a parent, it was challenging to go to the recitals and go to the events in the middle of the day. <laughs> you and know, so I, right. I knew that that was something I didn't, I didn't want to make the choice, right? I just knew my, my answer would be, yes, I'll be there. And being able to be aware of that allowed me to work towards building in that flexibility. So becoming that entrepreneur allowed you to be the mother you wanted to be. Right. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's a responsibility, right? We uh, want to give that flexibility to others. Yes. And and not penalize them or kind of say it's not a part of our culture. So right. And so have you started hiring women? Have you started? Oh, good absolutely. For you. Absolutely. Yeah. I and, have a team. Mm-hmm. I have 10 women. We just hired our first man. But how's it? How's it going? <laughs> he's he's actually pretty awesome. Really I'm sure he say. is. I <laughs> I was like, I actually was nervous. I told him, I'm like, you know, we're a team of women, right? And he started laughing. He's like, well, I like women. I'm married to one. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You'll fit in. Everybody yeah, on the- you can come over. Yeah. And he gets along great with everybody. And But I, I hear you empowering women to be able to be the people they want to be, mm-hmm. whether it's being the mother they want to be, the caregiver they want to be, right. and allowing them to have that life. I think we're making stronger women. Mm-hmm. We're right. giving them a voice. We're giving them choices. You know, since you and I both are giving our clients financial freedom, mm-hmm. that goes along with it. Right. Ugh. And one thing I'll add, I think it's sometimes it's not just a mother or a caregiver, but a caregiver to ourselves. Yeah. So when we need to really take a break, <laughs> when I had a team member yesterday, I could tell she wasn't comfortable. She really wasn't feeling well. I said, you're okay. And then Today, you know, she sent me a message. She wasn't feeling well. I said, don't come in. We have to prioritize ourselves sometimes. We do. And I tell my clients the same thing. It's we have great goals, save for college, for our children and do this. I want you to prioritize yourself as well. Dream. We can figure out a plan. Yes. Wow. That's great. It sounds like you're an incredible listener. And I think someone who's going to help you map out a future really needs to be a good listener. So I have to ask you, what challenges, especially given you know where you're coming from, what challenges do you see women facing in this, you know, in this path to success? So I feel that in as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, there are challenges that we face, right? That might be a little different. But I think overall, just as women working towards, you know, doing our best, right? Yeah. And, and loving what we do and working towards always living in our purpose and, and oh. proud legacy is what I say. I want to look back and say, I didn't make all the right decisions, but man, I did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> so, at the end of the day. You know? Right. But I think some of the challenges are just being okay without a hundred percent of the information that you need to make the decision. That sounds like you're not a control freak. I'm sorry. <laughs> have you seen the markets today? I cannot be a control oh, freak. <laughs> oh my God, the markets. Oh, so there are oh. things we can control and things that we can't control. But I think, but it's challenging, right? We've yeah. been taught since we were young children to 
make sure we're planning this and be careful of that. But you don't always have all the pieces to the puzzle, but you know what the picture is. Yes. And I feel that if we're comfortable making decisions based on our gut, sometimes taking a risk, but at the same time, knowing you're walking in the direction that you you feel you're called to walk, you're, you're, we'll be fine. Yeah. But we need grace. We need to support each other and pick each other up because we all will fall. I love that word grace. And mm-hmm. it's something that we have to give to ourselves too, mm-hmm. because we are going to make mistakes and we need to provide that to ourselves as well as those around us. Mm-hmm. Now you have two young daughters and are you doing anything with them? I mean, and they're young too. So really like, young. are you doing anything with them to teach them about finance or like, cause I'm the crazy mother. I, I have six kids. <laughs> so, and they're older now, but I always did the pigs thing. Like anytime they got money, I had this thing, you know, it was pigs, pay yourself, invest, give and save. And I would tell them like, and if they're listening, they're rolling their eyes. But (laughs) is there, is there anything you do with your girls? Like start them because they're very young, but is there. Right. So I have two daughters, Bella and Madison. Madison is five and Bella is six. She'll be seven on June 15th. So they are very young, but I, I always talk with them about, so when they get money, of course, for gifts and, and just, we give them allowances too, but we talk about, you know, companies and what are you going to do with your money and investing it? So we, we like for them to understand kind of the spectrum. You can be a small business owner, mm-hmm. you can turn into a larger corporation, but you have to start. And I think that's what's key. So what's the fundamental? Are you doing the right thing? Is it a good service or product that you're selling? So we like to break down what a company actually is. Because if we look around, we go to the grocery store, they like buying toys from different places. We got a five and below. What if this breaks as soon as you buy it? Is that a good company? No. Right. So I think there are some really basic ways to teach children about investing and ownership. And I can tell they both want to um, be business owners. <laughs> Bella, my oldest Bella is hilarious, but negotiating already. I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but her, she and her father are always having a conversation about what about $4? No, I'll give you three. So it's just, it's so funny, but the idea is that giving them the voice and the ability to to learn and ask questions and and ask questions we may not want them to ask but still give an honest answer is is really important because if they don't learn and have that safe space with us mm-hmm. it's very unlikely that they'll have that power and empowerment outside of the house i so i agree with you I do think those conversations start at home and it really does help you when you have those conversations with others because you've already had them once or twice or 20 times or Mm -hmm. many times. (laughs) Right. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's that's wonderful. So you were talking about hiring people. Is there anything specific that you do to promote that work environment for women? Is there, you know, well, actually you said you're you're really understanding and you, you pay attention Mm-hmm. But you know, one thing I'll add, I find that, so I recently spoke at the College of New Jersey, which is just down the street from us, at their women in business student organization conference. And it was great. I really enjoyed talking to the young students and there were some fantastic questions. It just brought me back. Do you remember what you were like in college? Oh. You know, you're, you're so much yeah. senior. Year. <laughs> oh my God. 
And the questions were great. So some of them were, and now it's virtual interviews, right? How do I conduct a good virtual interview? And how do I decide, you know, if they're if they want if they want me to join their organization or I want to, and I said, no, let's turn the table around. Do you want to work for them? Mm-hmm. Right? Decide what kind of culture you want to work in. Decide what type of manager you want to work for. Sometimes we don't have the choice, but knowing what qualities are important for us will help us interview them for the role that or the organization that we would want to join. And I explained to them, your career isn't important. It's a decision every day. So you may Mm -hmm. not have the same manager for the duration of your career, but if there's a culture at that organization then more than likely the next manager that you'll have or when you become the manager, those characteristics that you find valuable or important will resonate and will be present. Wow. So, you know, we talked about you're the asset yeah, <laughs> and you have something true. major to contribute. I love it that you talked about culture because it really is. And interviewing for that culture is important because when a company really spends the time to develop that culture where it helps and focus on what that culture is and who they're going to help and what they're all about. Yeah. Our team, and I'm sure your I bet your culture is very similar to ours. We are a team of helpers. Everyone on my team, they're all givers. If you walked in and said like, hey, I have a question about this. You'd have everybody on the team going, hey, I can help you with that. I can pitch Mm -hmm. in. I can do that. Here, let me help you with this. And I think that level of support for each other and for clients really makes a big difference. And I think it comes through, you know, when you start working with your client and talking to other people about it. So do you have any engagements coming up or anything that we can share with everybody so they can get to know more about you and your company? Sure, absolutely. So we're, as you mentioned, a multi-generational wealth management firm. So when we think about what that means, you know, it's different for our Gen Z uh, clients that are grandchildren, usually (laughs) of our main clients, different for their children. But we always think about what are the concerns that our clients have? Mm -hmm. And we know our expertise, right? Our, Our professional work as a certified financial planner, we're looking at the big picture. But one concern that resonates day in and day out is healthcare and the cost of healthcare oh, yeah. in retirement. Well, what if I get sick and what's covered, what's not covered? And um, are probably the two major surprises that clients have and share with us when they retire is the taxes and the cost of healthcare. And we're addressing that with professionals that are coming in on June 22nd. We're having a Medicare made simple conversation. And it's not just about Medicare, but it's how do you be very intentional about your healthcare picture in retirement? And it's not just your doctors, but it's how you care for yourself. It's how do you care for your mental health? There's so much more than just plan A or, you know, so much more than that. But we're having a session on the 22nd at um, noon and it's going to be recorded. So it'll be available as well. Is it going to be, is it going to be a Zoom? Is it going to, or is it going to be in it, person? It'll be a Zoom. Oh, be excellent. A Zoom. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. Great. So join from the comfort of your home or office or wherever you oh, are that day. <laughs> that's wonderful. So what we're going to do is we will put it as in the notes of the podcast. And we will also, actually, if the chat here, Mindy just put the information in the chat to your website, and we will also make it in the comments on Facebook. 
so that Perfect. everybody can have that. That is, I think people, you know, you're focused on people having that retirement and, and the plan for it. And mm-hmm. I think some people are afraid of it and they're afraid of it because they don't know. Mm-hmm. And this would be a perfect opportunity for them to start to think about what they need to know, especially when it comes to health insurance. Right. And and I didn't know this either, that taxes can be your biggest expense in retirement. Oh, yes. Who knew that? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. So we, uh, we're we very intentional about tax diversification as yeah. well in your income and retirement, right? And even as business owners, you know, the business owners we work with, they have the ability to really structure things organize them early on. But if you're not talking about it, you may not be aware of those strategies. So we really work with those that are interested in managing taxes and just having a plan yeah. um, to put in place. And that's and that's one of the things that I, you and I are both planners because, you know, it just goes with the territory. So you do investing, insurance, long-term care, financial planning, and then you you try to educate people on the financial mm-hmm. literacy part of it. Right. And so Kanita and I were talking before about nerding out, about talking about accounting, and then yeah. sometimes people's eyes glaze over. And I'm glad we didn't do that. I'm glad you and I right. didn't go down that path. <laughs> but the thing that I love is that you do try to talk to your clients and in a, in their language. Mm-hmm. So that you're not so providing these this webinar, this one that you're doing now also will be able to speak in a language that people who aren't nerding out like us about this stuff right. can translate. Right. <laughs> right. And a lot of people think, oh, finance, it's Greek, you know, or yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And I, I had a Fulbright in South Korea after college. I always say, when I learned Korean, I need I relied on someone to help, number one, teach me the language. But until I was proficient enough, I had to trust them. And that's what we are. We really are an advocate for we don't want you to know nothing. We want you to gradually become more and more comfortable and we will be the expert. But the idea is that we want you to learn because the legacy, right? If you don't learn, how can you teach those that are your, whether succession plan or your children or just your community about smart tips that helped you progress and and reach your goals? And when you're providing that information in a way that is small, bite-sized pieces, And then they can in turn, you know, put that out to their community. That is so valuable. And again, why this is such a great conversation. (laughs) So last question, what are you watching, listening, reading right now? Good question. So as a mother of two, wife, you know, sister, daughter, I have a lot of time knowing. Audible is my <laughs> so favorite. Audible, I'm, I'm with my AirPods, cleaning up, doing it. But um, I actually, I was listening to, or listened to two books. One's business, one's just life related. So <laughs> you have to balance. The one that's business related is good to great. And we just read the, it. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. we did. And that was your book club? Well, yeah, actually the book club just read it. And then we just read it again for another, for another group. Oh, fantastic. We have to compare notes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then the other is Detours by Tony Evans, which is phenomenal. Really? Detours. You got to write that one down. It's just, you know, you think about it. Life is full of detours and it's, it's about learning from them, you know, definitely thinking about how they've helped you grow (laughs) and without the detour, you may have, you know, completely missed really learning from certain experiences, but 
those two balance balance me. It's not all about business, but making sure you're living the life you know that you choose to live too. And it's true. I truly believe that. I just was telling my daughter. I said, I know. You know, sometimes things are painful, and you get upset about things. But that's when you grow. And I think that's what happens when you have detours in your life. Mm-hmm. They can be painful, but it's when you learn the most. Right. Right. And it really does make you grow as a person in those things. Well, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. I'm glad that we were able to talk. This has been great. And we could talk for hours, I'm sure. I know. But <laughs> I know. Trying I know. To contain our, to contain we have to contain ourselves. Yes, Her and I love yeah. to talk offline. We'll be talking because there is there's so many investing things going on right now. The stock yes. market is yeah. a disaster at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, so tough. and the one thing that I'm sure you want to tell people is don't sell. Absolutely. And you know what? One thing we focus our, our practice, we you know work with organizations, individuals, business owners, but we start with a plan, right? What's your goal for investing? And I think when clients want to skip to the investments, oh, yeah. there's a risk in misallocation. You're too aggressive or too conservative. So we're grounded on why are we doing this, right? Mm-hmm. These volatile times will be able, we can put them in perspective. Mm-hmm. It's very simple to put in perspective. I had a call with a client that works for a large consulting firm just before our call. And I reminded them, okay, what is this money for? <sighs> and and it's okay. Thank you know, it takes takes the <laughs> the anxiety away. Okay, I, I understand now. And that's what we do. We are here and consistent. We're mm-hmm. proactive and we get it. You know, this is your nest egg. Yeah. This is your, scary. you know, your children's <laughs> legacy in some cases. Yeah. So it's serious. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a, a laughing matter, but the idea is that we live through market cycles, but we forget how they feel. And when you have someone, <laughs> they're painful. Well, but when you have someone to call you, you're, you're able to walk through them. And that's wonderful. And it's funny because the book that I'm reading right now for our book club is called the long game. And it's about being a long-term thinker in a short-term world. And it's exactly what you're talking about. It's what is the long game and being persistent. And, you know, you can get through these market downturns. Mm -hmm. Just got to stay strong. Well, all right. I have enjoyed it. Thank you to our producer, Smart Boss Media. Be sure to check out their webpage at smartboss.media. Leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram. And thank you to everybody that's listening and responding to the episodes. We love having you as part of our community. And if you haven't already, please register for the live webinar and the link will be in the notes. And you can spend your lunch break with us every Thursday and join us next week on Life Unedited Working Women when our special guest is Hillary Spivak. She's an independent consultant, but it says nothing about really who she is. She is the ultimate networker. And if you don't know her, you will. As after I interview her, you will all want to talk to her because she knows everybody and she's an amazing connector. And thank you, everybody, for being here. It was great seeing you. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Unedited, Working Women, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.com. Dot media. Also at smartboss.media, 
you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.